and our God, we rejoice in your presence. Because you are God, we rejoice in your presence. Because there is none like you, we rejoice in your presence. The Bible describes you in Isaiah 6 verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And holy means unique, peculiar, separated, uncomparable. There is nothing to compare with you. And we are your children. Why will we not rejoice? Father, we rejoice in you. We rejoice because we have you as our God. Father, we are glad. And we have gathered in your presence. Father, you will visit us now. You will talk to us now. You will glorify yourself now. Not any man to be seen, but Jesus alone. Even as this message goes forth. Lord Jesus, showcase your glory now. And your name be continuously be praised and glorified. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to greet all of you in the name of the Lord. And it's a joyful thing always to gather in his presence. And I thank God especially for our venerable Professor Sam Ike who has been leading us in this classical manner to worship our God. I also thank his lieutenants, Reverend Kano Honor, Reverend Dr. Aneago, Reverend Dr. Okeke, and their precious wives. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. I also want to thank the great people of this congregation, Chapel of His Resurrection. Every day I see us being resurrected in the name of the Lord. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. I also greet my wife, my partner, and he that keeps my house. May the Lord be with all of us as we listen to this message in the name of Jesus Christ. The topic today, go ye into all the world, the Nigeria Praise Project. The Nigeria Praise Pattern. And our Bible text is taken from where we read. Isaiah 62. And I'll read it again for emphasis. And uh, so that we see the reason and the purpose for which the Lord has raised that ministry. Because God works in a diverse way. Various ministries he raised to worship him in his diverse manners. Isaiah 62, I read from verse 6. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, but we declare it, O Nigeria, we shall never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. 
and give him no rest to establish until he maketh Jerusalem, until he makes Nigeria a prince in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, surely I will no more give thy corn to, the, to be meat for thy enemies. And, thy, and the sons of the strangers shall not drink thy wine for the which thou hast labored. But they shall, but they that have gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. And they that have brought it together shall drink it in the courts of my holiness. This is the word of God to you and to our nation in the name of Jesus. And so this message it's a message that this scripture centered on the activity and mission and vision of Nigeria Praise. Nigeria Praise is a ministry divinely given to the former head of state, Jair Dr. Yakubu Gowon. He got this vision where he attended a breakfast meeting. In Washington, D.C., with America, they pray every year on a breakfast meeting. And he was there. And that was in 1996. And that was the time this message was given to him. That Nigeria cannot be solved by politics or by army or by gun, which he was used to, but by prayer. And when he came back, he gathered men. Not men from strange places, but just the church like you and me. To pray for Nigeria. In verse 8, you will see what the Bible said. The Lord has sworn by his right hand. And by his mighty arm. That he will not again give you a grain as food for your enemy. And that is what we need to pray. Because the enemy has been eating deep into our resources, into what we have. And in verse 7 he said, we shall give him no rest, we shall give God no rest until he establishes Nigeria and make her a praise in the earth. That is the core mission and vision of Nigeria praise. To continue to pray until Nigeria becomes a praise. Praise the Lord. If you look at promises from various minister, ministers of God, one of them, Pa'er Eltin, which I'm sure most of you know, Benihin, and there is even one German lady, an evangelist, also a racist, and he hates black with passion. <laughs> but God gave him the same vision. That he should go to Nigeria and tell them that Nigeria will go through terrible corruption, through all kinds of bad name and evil. But that is for a moment. And that, that phase will pass. And Nigeria will become a praise. That Nigeria will become a place 
where the Lord Jesus Christ, after revival and the godliness reign in Nigeria, then Jesus Christ will return. And we are waiting for that time, and that's what we are praying, and that is why we are praying. And we are hoping that that time will come in our presence, because we are at the height of that trouble, that corruption. We are the height of it. Go to any office, you see corruption with your eyes. Just to move your file from one table to the next, you have to pay. That is, the corruption has gone to a very high level. We that have this information, <laughs> we are not worried about it. Our hope is that it's a phase that we soon go. And so I want you also to have hope that this phase will pass us in the name of Jesus. That there will be a time when people will be saying, I want to go to Nigeria. I want to be a Nigerian. I just believe God that I will still be alive to see it. That my time will not pass before it comes. Praise the Lord. And so brethren, we are on a wilderness journey towards the promised land. At the time Israel was on their, pro uh, their journey to the promised land, they had intercessors. They had Moses who always pleaded for them. They had Aaron, they had Eliezer, they had Joshua. And each time there is trouble when they sin against God, these people will intercede. And God will relent. And today, God is asking, where are the watchmen for Nigeria? This great Nigeria that God has so much promises concerning. Where are the intercessors? This is the purpose of Nigeria praise. To raise intercessors to pray for our country Nigeria. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible said, Except the Lord had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom and like unto Gomorrah. If God, this remnant is what we are looking for today. Who can, whom God can boast about that because of these people, I will not destroy Nigeria like I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is asking, are you one of them? Are you one of the remnants upon which God is hoping to save Nigeria? And God is looking for such a people. And Nigeria prays has volunteered herself to be that remnant. And because Nigeria prayer doesn't have a, a trained people as Nigeria prays, it's the church. So you are one of the remnants. Say, I am one of the remnants. So you must learn to pray. And you must begin to pray. In fact, that is the call of God. And that is actually what God wants us to do. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, the Bible also said what God was saying. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for me? Whom shall I send? And who will go for me? And, and if you are 
one of God has asked this question. This question is for us. And I want us to answer it. Who will go for God? Who will pray to save Nigeria? If you are one of them, raise up your hand. I'm already raising up my hand because I'm in Nigeria praise. That is what we do. If you are not yet raising your hand, please do something about it. Because God wants us to pray to save our country, Nigeria. God is looking for men who will stand in gap for our country. Our, the common scripture of Nigeria praise, which all of us have in our head, is Second uh, 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 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. He said, if my people, it's on the screen, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, first of all, you learn humility. That's what God admires so much. Shall humble themselves and pray. You can see that prayer I'm talking about. It has come in. That is God's demand. And pray. And seek my face. In the prayer, you seek God's face. Then you turn from and turn from their wicked ways. That bad thing we are doing, we come out of it. That corruption, if I now come to your office, you will not do corruption on me. You will attend to me like a brother and like a sister. You won't do corruption. The, that wicked way is what we have to turn from. Bad behaviors. All manner of things that are bad, we turn away from it. God said, then I will look down from heaven and I will heal their land. God will heal the land of Nigeria in the name of Jesus. Because he has already promised that he will do it. He will do it. And you will see it. In the name of Jesus. Now, how do we go and make disciples? Who are the people that we go? And how do you go? That's what we are looking at now. If you will go, you must honor God with your mouth. The things you say in your mouth must change. You will no longer use your mouth to curse, to quarrel, to fight, to say those bad things you hear people say. You refrain your mouth if you want to go. You honor God with your mouth. You also honor God with your body. Because the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You must keep it good. So that God, you can be able to go. You can be able to make disciples. Then, you will honor God by your actions. The action you take, the steps you take, you must honor God if you want to go, if you are interested in going. And of course, as far as God is concerned, all of us, he wants all of us to go. And so you, we will learn to do this. You will also keep his commandment. God has commandment, let me tell you. This commandment is there. In Old Testament. In Exodus 20. And the commandment is again repeated by Jesus Christ himself. He summarized it and called it a new commandment I give unto you. You love one another. 
If we love each of us, if we love one another, can we do corruption? It won't work. And that is why love is the entirety of the control of the commandment of God. If you love one another, if you love your neighbor, you will not commit any bad thing. You will not steal from him. You will not commit immorality with him or her. You will just love the person as Christ loved the church. Praise the Lord. So a watchman is not an ordinary man. A man that can pray is not an ordinary man. He's a man trained in the word of God. You need to pray. If you want to pray, you don't just start talking as if you are in a village meeting. You have to use the word of God. So a, a watchman has to train himself with the word of God. And having trained yourself, you'll be willing. You'll be committed. You'll be determined. You'll be resolved that that is what you want to do. Everything a man does is in his heart. What he has decided to do. And I believe that by determination, God will prompt each and every one of us to do and to do according to the God desire so that we can pray and pray aright and become makers of disciples. Doing what God said is very important. That is why we talk about the commandment of God. <laughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus, preached the greatest sermon. He told the disciples and the servants, whatsoever Jesus tells you to do, do it. And that's the only thing she said. And in fact, I, I, I like the, that, that message. Whatsoever. And Jesus has said many things. Be born again. Obey the commandment of God. Do not do this. Do not kill. Do not stay. Do not all the things you now know. That is what Jesus has said. And she warned because she knew Jesus more than all of us. And she said, What's this, this person is not a man. No? It's not a human being. It's God. No? Anything he says you do, do it. <laughs> but look at us disobeying here and there. God will help us in the name of Jesus. And immediately they did what Jesus told them to do. They had miracle. Water became wine. <laughs> if you want miracle, do what Jesus said. Your miracle will just appear. That is the problem. And that is where we are today. I will give you some examples. Israel would have completed their journey to the promised land in 40 days. But something happened in the desert of Zin. In number chapter 20. If you read from there, you will see what happened in the desert of Zin. They had no water. And they ought to know that God will provide water. Because they have gone that journey a long way. They have seen how Red Sea was divided. They were feeding from manna. <laughs> Their food was falling from heaven. So, <laughs> they know common water that God will provide. But instead, they gathered against Moses and Aaron and begin to choke them and begin to say, why did you bring us out here to die in the desert? Is it not better that we had died in Egypt? 
Brethren, and these are the people that crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. When they needed meat, God sent quails. You know, quail is one of the best poultry meat. And that was what God sent to them. And, they, and brethren, this is what the church in Nigeria is doing today. <laughs> we, are not, we are not careful that we, we believe a great God. We are not careful that this our God can do anything and all things. And so, we continue also to church and to complain and to murmur against our pastors, against our, instead of murmuring against your pastor, just kneel down and pray. That's all God wants. Don't murmur against anybody. If pastor is doing something wrong, let him do. But you, do the right thing, bend down and pray. And so something happened as a result of murmuring. Look at what happened. Moses became angry. Became irritable. And he called them rebels. Ye rebels. Must we fetch... Moses now, out of anger, added himself as one of those that provide water. Must we fetch you water from this rock? It's out of anger. Because people were murmuring and, and complaining and doing the wrong thing. So, that kind of thing is what we do our pastors and our reverends and our priests, each time we murmur, we put confusion into their head and they will do the wrong thing. And that landed them to a lot of mistakes. And so Moses was so irritable that instead of speaking to the rock which God already had given him, he struck the rock. Although they got, got water, but that thing annoyed God. And that thing prevented Moses from entering the promised land. That will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. Each time people murmur, something bad happens. In Numbers chapter 21, if you read from verse 5 down, you will see that God, they murmured again after that one. <laughs> the moment again. And this, this time, God sent a fairy serpent. And the Bible says, much people died. And again, God blocked their way. Instead of getting to their promised land in 40 days, God turned them back to, the, to, to where they have passed. Turned them back to, to Kadesh. And they began to turn around Kadesh Benia for 40 years. Until all the men from 20 years and above died. Because God didn't want them to enter the promised land. Brethren, we must be careful not to go that way in the name of Jesus. Again, there is something else that happened on their way to the promised land. Mind you, all of us are on our own way to our promised land. When they got to Moab, they encamped there. In fact, Prophet Balak had already said that this is a, a blessed people that nobody can cause them. And there is no enchantment against them. 
God has, that the shout of a king is in their midst. In other words, they are moving in the glory of Jesus Christ, present with them. <laughs> but do you know what they did? When they got to, they now began, in that Moab, when they quartered there, and God was admiring them, helping them, providing for them, they went ahead and began to commit wardom with daughters of Moab. And they began to eat food, sacrifice to the idols. And they began to behave like Moab, a rejected people. Look at blessed people descending to become like a rejected people. And that was their downfall. That was, God was not pleased with it. And I can tell you the church in Nigeria is doing the same today. The church in Nigeria has gone that way and they are following Baal and Balaam and the idols and occultists. And, and God is asking us because we are the remnants. We will not go that way in the name of Jesus. In number chapter 14 verse 22 Number 1422. The Bible said there. Number, okay, it's on the screen. Number 1422. The Bible said. Because all those men, because all those men which have seen my glory. And my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, I have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. So, God. <laughs> God is saying that after you become born again, after you are coming to church every Sunday, you still go faithlessly. You still provoke God. That such people will not enter the promised land. They will not see it. Brethren, I plead with you. Don't fall into that category. You have seen the glory of God. You have become born again. You are reading Bible and you still fall to that level. Please don't do it in the name of Jesus. Now, there is a story I want to tell you. Listen very carefully. The, the problem of Nigeria. You need to understand this so that you can now pray aright concerning Nigeria. The problem of Nigeria was caused by bad foundation. In 1984, no, 1894 rather, in 1894, Lord Lugard came into Nigeria as a staff of Royal Niger Company, UAC, and eventually became the British imperialist governor of the north and south part of Nigeria. Again, on 1st January 1914, he signed a document 
amalgamating the two separate regions of north and south. Now called Nigeria. That's how he called it Nigeria. He is the one that did all those things by himself. And he did it for his imperialist motive and desire. And for economic reasons. Because the North had a deficit budget. Because he was governor of the two. He saw that the North had a deficit budget. And that the South has a surplus budget. So he decided to merge them. So that he will use the surplus budget of the South to defray the deficit budget of the North. And in doing this, he now favored the North because they were more submissive to him. And so he placed them above the South to checkmate the South. And this, and this is exactly how he made Nigeria to look the way it is today. Now, when Oye Boom was, when Oye was discovered, the British government came on its own now, no longer just sending a governor. The British government came officially and bought over Nigeria, the north and south, from Lolugad. In fact, they said, the, the British government paid him because he was a businessman. They paid him certain money to now own Nigeria. And that's how British came in and began to rule over Nigeria. And where Nigeria, the, the British government also allowed the North to be in charge because they they, to them, they were more controllable and obedient to their exploitation, which they have come from. And this is where a government, a weak segment of Nigeria is now in charge of a more diverse and valiant and wise part of Nigeria. And today, this is why the governors run to Sokoto to get power to become governor in their village, in their own state, in the south. And this is why the Metiala is boasting that they own Nigeria. It was the British that did all this. But brethren, I want to tell you, in a new foundation is about to come. A new foundation is what we are struggling to lay now for Nigeria. And this new foundation is by prayer. And again, in the 70s, when Nigeria had all you boom, instead of developing Nigeria, <laughs> they brought the organized festival of arts and culture. And they brought in demons from all Africa into Nigeria. And that's what chopped off Nigeria. They committed war done. And bow down to idols. God's anger was therefore kindled against Nigeria. And this is why suffering began in Nigeria. Occultism began. Immorality began. Kidnapping. Militancy. Boko Haram. Banditry. More, more may still come. 
if it's not yet the time for God to take over Nigeria. Nigeria praise is therefore looking for men and women who are called by God's name to gather themselves and to pray for rescue of this great nation. God is looking for intercessors. But one thing is clear, which you must know. All office, all land or office appointment or agreement has expiring date. <laughs> For land, it's 99 years. Lawyers that are here, you do this. You always put 99 years. And uh, for presidency, it's 80 years. Everything has expiring date. Even life has expiring date. So, the amalgamation, the expiring date has come. I said the expiring date for amalgamation has come. Oh, you don't support it? <laughs> the time for it to expire has come. Do you know why? It was done in 1914. So it's well over 100 years. The 99 years has gone. And they are still managing to keep it. But it has already expired. And that is why we are in this turbulence. The turbulence we are seeing now is because the amalgamation has expired. And this turbulence we now, when it settles, it brings a new Nigeria. And that is why and what we are praying for. A new Nigeria is coming in the name of Jesus. And because of this, I don't want you to lose hope. I don't want you to look downcast. I thank God for the prophecies that came up. That God is with us. We should not look downcast. We should not even feel as if there is anybody in that bush. Let them stay there. Our bush will con consume them. Do you know that the earth opened their mouth and swallowed that and an Abiram? It can happen even in their current situation. Only that we are not praying. But from today we shall pray. Say I will pray. Say it again. Now, there are tests. If you want to pray, you just say I will pray. There are tests that you have to go through. And I want to show you those tests. Every intercessor called by God has some trials and some temptations. Abraham was called to leave his kindred. God called him. <laughs> Why did God sell his womb that he will not have a child? He became barren. It's a test. God again tested him to, to sacrifice. When that barren eventually was answered, he now asked him to kill the boy again. <laughs> test. Abraham passed all the tests. And now God now promoted him and made him a blessing to all families of the earth. Praise the Lord. It's only after you have tested and you pass your test that the promotion will come. You see, Job, in Job chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, There is more like Job on earth, perfect, upright, feared God. <laughs> Yet, Job was tempted. He lost everything he had. He even lost his health. But Job passed the test. He recovered his health. And he recovered all he lost. And he even got more. Praise the Lord. Zachariah and Elizabeth. 
The Bible said they were righteous before God. Walking in all commandments of God. Perfect and blameless. <laughs> but they were child, childless. So people that, are, people that are, don't have a baby after one year of marriage, they start panicking. They start panicking. It's not right. You are having a test. That is a test for your marriage. Many people will abandon their wife and go to another woman. You have failed. And that failure is permanent. Irrecoverable. So, no matter what's happening, and Zechariah and Elizabeth, they passed the test. They were seven until their old. In fact, they were waiting the day they will die. Then John the Baptist came. Praise the Lord. From them, John the Baptist jumped out and became a great apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself was also tested. Don't you know? If you go read Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1, you will see temptations of Jesus. And look at Jesus' own. I started laughing when I was reading it. If the Bible says that Jesus was led by the Holy Ghost, not Satan, no. <laughs> he was led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness and handed over to Satan. Oh yeah, try him. And Satan took over. And Satan tried, he said he should jump up from mountain and if he is God, he should convert the stone to bread. Do you know, <laughs> if it were people of us, like this day, I will convert the, the, the stone to bread and, uh, and call everybody to come and chop. And, but Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but only the word of God. This is what man should live with. I don't know if you are living with it. If you are not, please go to it. The word of God. So as a child of God, you will also be tested before God begins to use you. It does not mean, some people will say, why me? The, all this trouble, why me? <laughs> you don't know they are writing an exam. That trouble is an examination. When you pass it, you become a consultant. Like my friend that is sitting here. You become a consultant. When you pass all the tests, all, the, all that God is testing you for. So, only in temptation and in trials and tribulations that you will see God's glory. Are you hearing me? Only in temptations and trials and troubles that you can see God's glory. If you don't have it, you won't see God's glory. Let me tell you. When Israel was pressed by the Red Sea, Pharaoh and his army say, ah, we have caught them. That was their TTT. Trial, temptation, and trouble. They were pressed and they thought there was no hope. Then the glory of God appeared. And they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. If you, if you are not pressed, the glory will not come. And I want you to take note of that. In John chapter 4 verse 14, the Bible said Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Ghost and his fame went abroad only after he finished the trial in the wilderness by Satan. He now returned in glory. 
And again, in John chapter 9, if you read 1 to 4, you will see a story there. A man was born blind. And they were asking Jesus, this man was born blind from childhood. Is he the sin of his father? Or the sin of his mother? Or the boy that made him? Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, neither the parents or the child sinned. But that the work of God may be made manifest in him. So, God knew that that boy is blind. Every blind person, God knows. Every sick person, God knows. God wants to use that thing to showcase his work in you. To display his glory. And so, Jesus made a spit of, of, uh, of sand and put on his eyes and told him to go and wash. And he washed. And the boy was going around. Anything you are talking about Jesus, if you say he's a bad man, if you say he's walking with Beelzebub, I don't know. All I know is that that man made me to see. I will follow him. Do you also want to follow him? That was what the man was saying. You know, the man became <laughs> a preacher, an evangelist to the Lord. So, the sickness you are having, the challenge you are having, God wants to show his handwork in you. God is interested in you. Don't begin to think that, why me? Why must I suffer like this? God is able to set you free in the name of Jesus. Gideon was facing a great fear. And he was hiding his wheat from Midianites in a wine press. <laughs> and the glory of God appeared. An angel of God came to him and called him man of valor. Brother, I want to tell you that you, every child of God is a man of valor. And God is waiting for the manifestation of that valor. In Daniel chapter 6, if you read 1 to 8, you will see that those working with Daniel, they made a, a plan to catch Daniel. So they made a decree that nobody should pray for 30 days. And they, because they know that Daniel prays always. And so when they made that decree, Daniel went ahead and continued to pray. They bundled Daniel into lion dead. And when Daniel arrived, all the lions stood on guard for him. Praise the Lord. But when the other people that did the evil came, the lion feasted on them. Brethren, that is how God showcases his glory. If you are walking with him, praise the Lord. Brethren, the Lord appeared to so many people in so many ways. I don't know how you met the Lord. I don't know how you became a preacher or a minister or evangelist of God. But I give you a brief of my own story. So it happens to everybody in different ways. And when it happens... If you discover your own, or maybe you have not even discovered your own, go and package it, you will see that God would have met you somehow to convince you to begin to be a believer. After my NYSC in Zaria in 1983, I was employed immediately by ABU as a lecturer too. And they gave me three bedroom bungalow furnished and I say ah, how can I stay here alone I, be, I thought of wife that's why 
I married immediately after my youth service. I returned to Enugu looking for one small girl we used to know that goes to morning mass every morning and evening with the mother. And we lived, we all grew up in New Layout. And so I came to the mother and said, I want to marry her. She just finished school sat there. The mother said, which church? I told him Anglican. He said, no way. That I cannot marry her. And uh, because the mother was the mother general of Bigger Memorial Seminary, a presenter of NTA program for, of, on behalf of the Catholic Church, and she goes to Israel every year uh, on, as a nominee of the Catholic Church. And she, she was planning that my wife would become a reverend sister. You know, so I left disappointed. But I encouraged my wife to apply for prelim at the University of Joss. And she did. And she got it. And she escaped from the mother's hand. <laughs> and so, every, uh, some of the weekend I would drive from Zara because I had a beetle that time. I would go to Unijor to see my wife. And eventually, the pressure was from me and from my wife. And so the mother saw there was no way out. She now demanded that I will wed in Catholic Church. I had to agree. I, I, she now arranged it. I didn't tell my parents. I went with my friends to the Holy Ghost Cathedral. And they wedded us. We wedded. But because I'm a man, and I know that I'm a man. And so I now said... I will also wait in my church. So I took my wife and we waited in, in St. Andrew's Anglican Church, GRA Zaria. We were waited by Archbishop Benjamin Kwashi, the current Archbishop of Just Province. He waited us again. So we had two wedding certificates. <laughs> then my wife came into my house. And started going her morning mass because they told me I must allow her to. So I allowed her. She was going morning mass, evening mass every day. And so I got worried. But by 87, when there was this great uh, riot, religious riot in Zaria, I left Zaria and came back and joined Asutek. And we were posted at Bakaligi campus. And when we got to Berkeley campus, we were living inside the campus, she continued her morning and evening mass. And now, I went to my archdeacon, Venerable Onyabo then, but now Bishop Onyabo, Bishop of Abakaliki Diocese, I think he has retired now. I asked him, why are we not having morning service every day? He told me, no, that we have midweek, we have Friday morning prayer and we have Sunday morning and Sunday evening service. So, which is four. I discover it's not yet enough because my wife only is 14. <laughs> and, and so, I, I started. That's why I began to attend midweek. I, Friday morning, I go to church because most of the time, I even drop my wife to that Catholic church for the morning or evening. So, I began my own. 
Lucky enough, Full Gospel brought me invitation. I attended Full Gospel meeting. I shouted, wow, this is a different scenario. Full Gospel. And there I, I saw men. The man that attracted me was Dr. A.B.K. Abiakam, who was the medical director of Felix Memorial Hospital. Bakaliki. The man was great that time. And he was in the full gospel. He was the, the chapter president. I saw barristers. I saw, I saw so many. I said, look, this is where I belong. So, they preached the word of God and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You know, I've been going to church before. <laughs> but that was where I gave my life to Jesus. That was in September 1990. And so, I came back. I told my wife, I've seen something different too. She agreed. I took her to full gospel. She also gave her life to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And when we now returned home, we began to pray together. We began to read the Bible together. And we began to do together. Eventually my wife say, told me, no, I won't go there again. I have discovered that the Bible is the same, Jesus is the same and the word of God is the same. So she joined me and we begin to attend together Anglican Church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Brethren, that is what Jesus did for me and the full gospel brought about and I so love it and it was wonderful. Today, we work together we settle marriage cases. In fact, if there is any marriage case that pertains to denomination, invite me and my wife. We settle it. <laughs> and we also have a Bible verse. She converts, she converts uh, uh, Roman colleagues very easy, even in the university. And there's a simple language to convert them, if you don't know. John chapter 2 verse 5 where Mary, you just tell them there is something Mary, the mother of Jesus said they will begin to listen to you. That mother of Jesus said whatever Jesus said you should do do. They will say, eh, is that what you say? And you begin to talk to them. I, begin, I, will, I will now tell them. After Mary said that in John chapter 2 look at John chapter 3 verse 3 except you be born again. You cannot see the kingdom. That's, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you have obeyed my commandment if you love me. Jesus said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a very easy way to enter any Roman Catholic girl or boy, and they begin to listen. And from there, you lead them to Christ. Very easy. Praise the Lord. And we have been using that to have a soul. To the kingdom of our God. Brethren, because of that, I now became zealous to serve the Lord. I joined Full Gospel. In fact, I rose in the rank in the Full Gospel and became national director. I joined Nigeria Praise. I joined Gideon Bible Ministry. I joined Great Commission. I joined Intercessors for Nigeria and Africa. I joined World Igbo Prayer Assembly. In fact, any prayer group, I joined NIFES. Any prayer group, I get into there. It is a great thing. God has helped me. And my wife started Mary Money Home for the Poor. And also moms in prayer. And so we are running 
for the kingdom work. We are doing it for Jesus' sake. And God will help us in the name of Jesus. Nigeria prayer has taken me to all states in Nigeria for prayer. And they have taken me to most countries in the United Kingdom and, uh, and Europe for prayer. The full gospel had deepened me in understanding of the Bible. And that is the way we are working. And so, brethren, I now want to, us to look at encounters. I don't know if you've had any encounter. Have you had any encounter with the Lord Jesus? If you don't have encounter, you will not be fully convinced that he is. And uh, uh, let me give you some example. Moses had an encounter in the burning bush. And he saw an angel as a burning bush and that's what prompted eventually made him to go and confront Pharaoh to deliver the people of Israel. Without that encounter, he won't be able to do it. Jacob wrestled with an angel of God throughout the night. And by the time they finished that wrestling, his name changed to Israel. He became a new person. Encounter matters a lot. If you have not had encounter, you will have it today. You will have it from today. In the name of Jesus Christ. You know Saul of Tarsus, he was persecuting the church, <laughs> but he had an encounter as lightning on his way to Damascus. And Saul changed from persecuting Jesus, the church to be, and became an apostle of Christ. That is what an encounter can do. Abraham, our father, encountered him. He told him to move. And Isaac encountered him. You know? And he told Isaac to stay in the land of Judah that he would bless him there, even though there was famine. And he saw in that land he reaped a hundredfold. God, Jesus himself encountered the same God. You know, Jesus is our example. Although these men I mentioned are also our example. Jesus himself encountered, when John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus in the river of, in the river of Jordan, a voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved son in whom I well pleased. And a dove alighted on him as Holy Ghost. That was an encounter. And it's from that time that Jesus began to walk. Joseph, the dreamer, he encountered God in the dream. And God began to use him. And, and God used him to save the whole Israel when there was famine. And, and brethren, so encounter is very important. We are going to pray a prayer of encounter when I finish this message. That will end it. My first encounter, I too have had an encounter. That is why I don't need anybody to preach to me that there is God. <laughs> I know it. And I have seen it with my eyes. My first encounter was after, I, after that day I gave my life to Jesus Christ in full gospel. A few days later, I had a dream. This dream is like I was watching television. Because it's so clear up to today. I saw myself in a ditch. In a, in a tunnel. Dark. Full of mud. Full of millipedes. Earthworms. And I was crying. My father, my mother, come and help me. There was no show. Something reminded me, but you have given your life to Jesus. Call him. 
Brethren, I shouted Jesus. Immediately I shouted Jesus from that tunnel, I saw a light. And I continued to shout Jesus. The light continued to increase until I saw myself down, down in a pit with a man standing across that pit. And I shouted Jesus. He stretched his hand down. I don't know how his hand was growing up to one mile where I was. And he caught my hand and he pulled me out of the pit and placed me on a rock. And the light washed me. I said, wow. Then I turned to see who pulled me out. I saw nobody. I was alone. And I woke up from the sleep. That was my first encounter. My second encounter was when we were in a full gospel convention, regional convention in Abba. I was there with my wife and the man of God preached. After preaching, he now called for prayer and said he will raise a prayer point and we shall all be praying. We close our eyes and we were praying. And while we were praying, with my eyes closed, a man dazzling white with eye, the two eyes were like a headlamp of a lorry shining and coming to me, raised his hand to place on me. I said, I shouted. When I shouted, I opened my eyes. Lo and behold, everybody was, were, was still praying. And my wife touched me and said, what is that? I, I told her, wait. Then I closed my eyes. The thing disappeared. Though. I closed my eyes again. I began to pray. As I was praying again, that same man came from my back this time and placed hand on my shoulder and I turned, I wanted to shout. He said, don't shout. My son, I want to show you the broad and the narrow way. Brother, I want you to learn a lesson. This thing is real. Do you know the broad way is where everybody in the world is? The musicians, the halos, the, the occultists, the drinkers. And in that broad way, the broad way is wider than this uh, church auditorium. Is bigger because it can take up to eight lorries. That Broadway. From gutter to gutter, human beings filled it. And they were walking towards a ditch. And they were just walking. All you hear is bim, bim. None of them were talking. They were moving. And he now showed me the end of that ditch. It's endless bottom. And they were just flowing in there. Like flood. I now told me, my son, let me show you the narrow way. The narrow way. And he showed me a narrow way. The narrow way was just enough to enter one person. But on the sides of it, flowers. I've not seen such flower even in US or in London. I've not seen such flower. So beautiful. And these flowers were behaving, the wind was doing to them as if they were dancing. And I saw only five persons at different points on that, on that narrow way. And they were going, singing, dancing, smiling. And, but <laughs> one thing that, that baffled me was that, why did, this is the broad way. Do you know the narrow way came from this way and continued across the broad way and continued on the other side? So you have to cross 
the broad way for you to continue. So those five persons, they began to enter the broad way. The first one enter, and if you enter, you begin to struggle because they'll be pushing you. And do you know at the end, only about two or three struggled and passed out of the five. Only two or three were able to pass and continue on the narrow way. And the narrow way ended on a golden gate, which was not open during that uh, scenery, which I felt is the gate of heaven. And by the time I finished seeing this thing to this extent, the prayer in the regional convention has stopped. Everybody was sitting there except me. I was standing up in a, in a bar polytechnic field alone when others were seated. So my wife, who has sat, looked at me and now tapped me and I opened my eyes. And now I, sit, I sat down. I said, wow, this is a great encounter. Brethren, there is broad way, there is narrow way. The church is the narrow way. A few people that go to fellowship is the narrow way. The rest are missing their way. The last encounter, because of time, because they were up to seven, let me rush and then conclude. Because we have to pray. I returned from job one day, from work, because I came in to eat my lunch, so that I rushed out again for a meeting. That was around three I came in. I have another meeting by four. So I did not remove my dress because my wife was already in the kitchen preparing some food. So I sat in the chair just to wait for the food to come out so that I eat and then go for the meeting. Lo and behold, I went off. I don't know whether to call it trance. And, and that same man came and told me, my son, come, let me show you God's own project. There is God's project. You, you just must know it. Let me show you God's own project. And he took me to a, a field. That place is like a, a parish. Because I saw Okochuku's house. I saw primary school. But they were building cathedral. He told me, this is God's own project. And I saw some people digging. I saw some people mixing cement. I saw four men carrying about this 1,000 gallon tank filled with water to the brim. They were carrying, they were sweating. He told me, my son, these are the people working for God's project and they have a reward. And he now took me to the side of that uh, primary school. He said, look at these people. They came for this same God's project but they are not working. They went when we got there, we saw a lot of people. Some of them were reading newspaper. Some of them were chatting on their phone. Some of them were, were discussing. And they were relaxed, laughing. And, and he told me, they came for the project, but they are not working. Look at them. And while we were there, the supervisor of God's project was coming. They say, ah, the man has come, he's coming. They run, they ran to the other side of the compound to hide from the supervisor. The Lord told, uh, while we were there, four bald-headed boys crept in from the fence and collected their phone, their bag, their slippers, 
their newspaper, everything they left and ran. The, the four bald-headed people collected all of them and left. He now told me, you can see, they have come for God's work, but they are doing nothing. Even what they have, they have lost it. They have no reward. And he now went back to tell me that these people that are working for God, that they have a great reward. He started lifting up their reward. It was at the time he was lifting up their reward that my wife tapped on my leg and told me that the food was ready. Because I wasn't there. I was sitting there, but I wasn't there. Praise the Lord. And so, brethren, after these encounters, I do not need anybody to tell me that there is God. There is God. Say there is God. Say it again. And so, and except you give your life to Jesus and, and desire his encounter, you may not have it. But from today, you will have it in the name of Jesus. And so God began to help me. And that's how I, I now became serious with God. And as I began to work with him, he also began to work with me. I became a professor in 1998, 14 years after my NYSC. I was one of the first in my set to become a professor. And God has used it to, to take me around. And each place I went, I know that I'm on assignment for God. For God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18, For the preaching of the gospel is to them that perish, foolishness, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. No matter who you are, the preaching of the gospel is the power of God. And that is the only way you can satisfy God. And Jesus Christ himself humbled himself and was crucified and when Jesus was crucified, the enemy were thinking they have, they have finished him. <laughs> but Jesus came up with a name above every name. Jesus displayed his script as omnipotent, omniscience, and omnipresent. And that is where God is taking you today. The simplicity of serving the Lord will make you great. The simplicity of doing whatsoever God wants you to do, and you do it, that is the way to greatness, to greatness in the name of Jesus. And finally, let's look at things to avoid and things to do. Then we pray. Things to avoid. I want it on the screen. Things we have to avoid. Number one, avoid idol worship. Is the number one commandment. God is against it. So, never you allow yourself to be involved in occultism or charm or anything that pertains to idol worship. Hosea chapter 4 verse 17. The Bible says, Ephraim joined idol and shall be desolate. <laughs> Whoever joins idol shall become desolate. You know Ephraim was blessed and as a Joseph's son, whom Jacob even inherited as, as his son, but he began to, he set up an idol, and he became desolate. Number two, avoid sins. Especially sin against your own body. <laughs> because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 
3 verse 16. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Where God dwells. And so you cannot joke with it. Number 3. Avoid murmuring. We've, we've, done, we've done some scripture like number 16. Where Korah and Datan and 250 Levites they gathered against Moses and said, you are not the only holy people. We are also Levites. We are holy. God was angry. And the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and Datan. And the 250 men that joined in that complaint were consumed by fire. Do not murmur against any of us, any of yourself, or any of our priests. Instead, go and tell him what you want to know. Number four, anger. Anger is a sin, and he stopped Moses from entering the promised land. God does not want any of us to go in anger. Also, avoid tongue lashing, backbiting, and criticism, and unforgiving spirit. Those things can set you back. Number four, five, procrastination. Procrastination is I will do it tomorrow. I will go to fellowship next week. When I graduate, I will do. Do it now. Don't waste time. Number four, number six, avoid anxiety and fear. Anxiety and fear is very dangerous. In fact, fear is a sin because for you to fear, it means there is no God. You are not trusting God. You are not hoping that God will help you. That is where you are fearing. Number seven, avoid stress and overwork and carelessness. Every child of God must be composed and organized and focused. Take care of yourself. Number eight, and that's the last on things you will avoid. There could be more. Avoid bad habits. Avoid bad company. Avoid foolish dressing. And foolish behavior. If you can avoid these things, you are already organized. You are ready, ready for God to use you. Then things to do. I want to run through it quickly also. Things you must do. Number one, be born again. It's only after I became born again that things I began to have an encounter and revelation. And that is what, in fact, the Bible says, except you be born again, you cannot see or enter the kingdom. In Psalm 22, verse 16, the Bible says, For dogs have encompassed me. And Jesus also said, It is not meat to give children bread to the dog. Do you know that if you are not a believer, if you are not born again, you are a dog? That is what the Bible is saying, not me. It is not good. To take the bread of children and give to the dog. And the psalm of David was saying, dog has compassed me. And also in Philippians 3 verse 2, he's saying, beware of dogs. <laughs> Where are the dogs? It's unbelievers. Wicked people. That's what Bible is describing as dog. Now, number two, every opportunity you have, use it to serve God. Every opportunity you have, use it to do what? To serve God. I use my own. In the classroom, before I start lecturing, 
I will say, let us pray with scripture, this or that. And I will read the scripture. The students will be looking at me. I will read the scripture. I will interpret the scripture. I will cause them to believe the scripture. Then I pray. After praying, I moved to the board and began to lecture. I've done it continuously in Esuit where I work. When I went on sabbatical to Omudike, I did it. And the day I was leaving from sabbatical, it's like the students should follow me and return to Enugu. They never saw it. When I went to sabbatical on Namde Azikiwe University, I did it again. And the students are still calling me from their youth corps, wherever they are up to today. They like it. That's your job. Use it. They like it. You may think uh, I'm here for federal government We say no. I say rubbish. Who is federal government? A man of federal government. And I, I use my class. It's my class. And I'm teaching. So, nobody has even challenged me since that time. Nobody. I've gone to federal university. UNN. When I went, I've gone to sabbatical also in UNN. I did it. And the people of faculty of veterinary medicine nearly follow me to come back to Enugu here. You know, that is it. Use your, wherever, wherever you are, use it. Number three, have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You cannot, you can't even be a, a friend of God if you don't have faith. Then number four, forgive one another. Remember our Lord's prayer, which we saw at the time. Forgive them. Forgive us as we forgive those that offend us. That's what we read in Apostles' Creed. It's a note. And we recite it every day. So, forgive one another. Make sure you don't carry any grudge against anybody as you leave the church. Because a miracle will happen today. As we pray, you will see some miracle. It will happen. God has prepared us to receive of him. Even from the prophecies we received, the same thing was happening. Number five, let your life be in the spirit. In Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, For the carnally minded is death, but the spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is enmity against God. So live your life in spirit. Tell somebody, live your life in the spirit. In other way, you must be born again and reading the Bible and praying. That is how to live in the spirit. Number six, be a vessel God uses. <laughs> God will only begin to use you if you are a good vessel. You know, why many people cannot do deliverance or miracles or, or healing is that they are not vessel enough good. You are born again, you are quite alright. <laughs> but you are not good vessel to carry the anointing of healing. The anointing of deliverance. Then you won't have it. It doesn't mean you are not born again. You are born again. Because God, if you are, if you are still carrying any element of quarrel, any element of bitterness or anger in your heart, God will not use you for miracle. So that is, but you are born again. So check yourself, remove, make yourself a vessel that God can use. 
by removing jealousy, strife, quarrel, anger, all those things should go. I know you have stopped the major commandments because you are born again, but these little, little ones, take it also away. Number seven, be simple and humble. Pride goes before destruction. Do not allow pride to block your way. Number eight, <laughs> do not look for something bad in somebody. Are you hearing me? Do not look for something bad in somebody. If you look for it, you will see it. And if you see it, it will turn you bad. You become bad also. So don't look for something bad in somebody. Finally, uh, cut off anything that will lead you to sin. Cut off friends or habits or anything that will lead you to sin. And then take a decision. Take a decision over certain issues. Take a decision that you are born again. And remain as born again. Don't move. And the last one is build an altar unto God. You know, this issue of altar has raised a lot of questions all over the place. And, and the Bible is, and Bible has confirmed it. Although you are born again, but because the foundation of your father, that your father laid is wrong, go to your father's house and build an altar. Gideon, God told him to destroy the altar in his father's house and set up an altar. Because if the foundation is bad, what can the born again do? What can that you believe do? The foundation is bad. So you have to also go and repair the foundation and make it correct. We do not say because I'm in Christ, all things are passed away. Foundation did not pass away. So raise an altar unto God. So brethren, we are going to pray. And I want you to have faith that as we pray, that God will visit you in a special way. That the power of God will meet you in a special way. And the glory of God will descend around you in a special way. You know, and the, the, we are going to pray three prayers. They will be short so that we close. The first one will be for those who have not yet given their life to Jesus. And it is also for those who gave their life to Jesus quite alright. But anger has spoiled it. Jealousy has spoiled it. One thing or the other. Quarrel has spoiled it. Land case, land dispute. Something has brought you back as if you are not a believer. You can join this prayer so that you renew your life in Christ Jesus. And so, if you want to pray that prayer, you will pray after me. You will pray after me. And you can raise your hand as you pray this prayer. If you want to give your life to Jesus, and if you want to renew your life in Christ Jesus, because you gave your life before, and you have made a mistake, you want to renew it. I'm not asking you to stand. You will just raise your right hand as you pray this prayer. You pray after me. My Lord Jesus, I have heard more about you. And I have heard what you can do. I now surrender my life completely to you. Be my Lord. 
and my personal savior. I turn away from my sins and from my evil ways. I come to you in full repentance and total submission. Lord Jesus, help me. Have mercy on me. Save me and uphold me in the name of Jesus. Those of you that prayed that prayer, I saw your hands. You can now stand up. Let me just pray for you. A quick prayer. You can stand up, yes. You there, stand up. Stand up. Those of you that raised that hand, yes. Stand up, yes. Stand up. I saw hand there. Yeah, stand up. It's now you are confirming that you raise your hand. If you have prayed that prayer and you are serious about it, just stand on your feet. Jesus will visit you right now. I will now pray for you. My Father and my God, I thank you for these people that are standing before you, not before any man. Father, I call down your mercies upon them. I cancel their names in the book of death. I transfer their names into the book of life. I pray and ask that the Lord Jesus will uphold you from today and have an encounter with you and make you a vessel of honor in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because it is settled. In Jesus' name we pray. All of you that are standing up, there are people that you will meet after the service so that they can follow you up. And I want to assure you that you are now born again. And expect an encounter. Jesus will encounter you. In Jesus' name. And this second prayer is for all. Not necessarily all of us, but those that want to have an encounter with Jesus. Assuming you want to have an encounter. And this prayer is for you. And this prayer is for all. And it's for the believers. An unbeliever cannot have an encounter with Jesus. It's where you believe that the encounter will start. So, if you want to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want him to begin to work in your life and your family, and in your situation in a special way, you can now stand up. I want you to stand up. Just stand up. Yes, I know almost everyone wants this one, because you want an encounter. Yes, Jesus Christ is so faithful, that he wants to encounter you. When you have an encounter, you begin to walk with him in a, in a great dimension and in a great manner. I want an encounter. And perhaps you already had an encounter with him, so you, you do not worry. But I want to pray. You will now pray after me. Raise your right hand and, and pray after me if you want an encounter. Lord Jesus, I declare by faith that I want to have an encounter with you. I want to have an encounter like Jacob. Who wrestled with an angel. I want to have an encounter like Saul of Tarsus. Who encountered you as a lightning. I want to have an encounter with you. Like Moses. Who saw an angel as a burning bush. Lord I want to have an encounter with you. In dream, as Joseph had encounter with you, and as Professor Benjamin had encounter with you, Lord Jesus, I want to have an encounter with you. Give me an encounter. 
confront me and show me the way that I will run according to your timetable. Take me up, O oh Lord, as a vessel for the kingdom. Have your way, O oh Lord, oh, in Jesus' name. Brethren, pray that prayer. I want you now to pray. God, I want to have an encounter. Give me an encounter. I want to experience you in a great dimension and in a new dimension. Lord Jesus, let me encounter you. I want to have an encounter. Today, from today, I want to have an encounter. Give me an encounter. Give me an encounter. In Jesus' name we pray. The top prayer is a prayer to raise an altar unto the Lord. You know, when the foundation is bad, there is nothing born again can do for you. Because that foundation was laid by your father, by your mother, by your community, and they are affecting your life. You are in the midst of wolves. But when you raise an altar unto God, you are separated from that other altar that is in your, in your father's house or around you. And it's a prayer to raise an altar unto God we want to do now. And so, if you want to raise an altar unto God, Moses raised, Abraham raised, Jacob raised. When Jacob was running from his brother, he raised. And that altar led him. And if you raise an altar today, I can assure you that this altar will begin now to follow you wherever you go and begin to work for you and fight for you in the name of Jesus. So, uh, we are going to pray. In fact, this prayer, I want everybody to stand up because an altar is not something you can raise and sitting down. Even if you don't want to raise, we are raising it for some, those that want to raise. And so, let us stand up and join this prayer. It's a mystery prayer and it's a powerful prayer. And after we raise this altar, we now could pray a concluding prayer that pertains healing. After we raise this altar, we pray a prayer of healing. And you will discover that everyone that is sick in this church, as the Lord told me when I was preparing this message, he said you pray for them, that everyone that came into the church will be healed today. I didn't know, but when the prophecy was coming and repeating the sentence, I said, wow. This God is great and powerful. So I want you to be assured that none of you will leave this place with sickness. God, will, God has already taken care. I'm just, I just concluded it as a concluding something which the Lord has already done. And also the, the, the power of God comes more after when we raise an altar unto him. You know they were striving with Isaac over his word that he dug. But when Isaac went down to Beersheba and raised an altar unto God, he dug a well. Nobody strove with him again. Instead, people were coming to him to make friends with him. Brother, as we raise an altar unto God now, you will see a great power working in your life and in your family in the name of Jesus. And so you say after me, my father and my God, I am standing before you with faith in Christ Jesus to raise an altar unto the Lord Most High that from henceforth his power and his glory 
will be over me and my family. In the name of Jesus. Amen. As Isaac raised an altar unto you, and people of Jira stopped striving with him. So I, so I today raise an altar unto you. As Jacob raised an altar unto you, in Bethel, as he was running from his brother Esau, and you led him, Lord, I raise an altar unto you, that you will be with me, in the name of Jesus. Even as Jesus himself, shed his blood as a token to save us from our sins. Today, I use this blood of Jesus as a token unto this altar for myself and for my family. I, laid, I raised this altar unto the name of the Lord God, our maker. I raised this altar in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. And so our God and our Father, we raise an altar unto you individually, separating ourselves from the altars of our fathers, from the altars of our communities, from the altars of our villages, and from any altar that is working against our life. Father, we raise an altar unto you that as the rod of Moses swallowed the rod of enchanters and diviners of Pharaoh, so shall this altar we have raised unto you today swallow every altar that has been working against us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we raise this altar in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so, brethren, I want to now leave you in faith that you have raised an altar unto God. And when you get to your house, you can repeat it. And this altar will be working for your life and family in the name of Jesus. And finally, we just pray this prayer, which is just something like completing what God has already done. He told me that whoever comes into the church today, that every sickness he has come for, will be healed. And when the prophecy was coming up, it says exactly the same thing. Brother, I want you to now talk to God concerning the challenge you have over your health. If it is your son or daughter or husband or wife, talk to him concerning that ailment. I don't know the sickness. All God told me is that he will heal whoever is sick that has come to this church today will be healed. That the family members, if you pray against your family member, he will also heal. I don't know how he will do it, but I know he, he can do it. I know he's able to do it. He is God. He's not a man. So just call upon him. Mention the sickness, the trouble, the challenge. Whatsoever it be, God is able to take it away. He has already done that. And he is doing it now. Father, we thank you. For we believe you have healed every sickness, no matter the name. 
whether it is cancer or fibroid, whether it's pain or arthritis, whether it is headache or diabetes, whether it is uh, 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 cancer, whatever the name of that sickness is. Pain in the stomach, pain in the leg, pain in the back, pain in the head. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, heal, take away every sickness, every disease in this congregation, as you have said, in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, take away by your blood, by your power, by your name, every sickness, every disease, every infirmity in this congregation. Now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name we pray.